Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk, the uh, podcast where me, Shane A. Bassett, the movie analyst, and your host, I talk about Mickey Rourke movies, the career that the American actor has had, uh, has been a little bit all over the place, so are the movies, but uh, he is still genuine and solid and talented, no matter what, Oscar nominated, never take that away from him. Today's movies will be The Commando and The Pope of Greenwich Village. Welcome to Mickey Rourke Talk. Let's do this. Daddy! It's nice to have you home. I feel much better now. I found something in my room. You found all of that money? We have to tell mom and dad. You don't know who this money belongs to. I heard you were getting out today. Oh, Jesus. Let's go. We got some business to take care of. Three million. Where is it? Our old house. Uh, well, there's a little bit of the trailer to The Commando. Not to be confused with the 1985 action spectacular classic Arnold Schwarzenegger favourite Commando or the 1991 Hulk Hogan comedy Suburban Commando with Shelley Duvall and Christopher Lloyd or Strike Commando with Reb Brown in Vietnam soldier hero mode in 1986 or the Japanese prison camp women escape exploitation Commando Fury. That was also from 1986. Don't get confused because the Commando is none of these. It's not even Fred the Hammer Williamson in Delta Force Commando. That was 1988 or one of my absolute must-watch during a drinking session movie, Commando Squad. Yeah. With an all-star cast, mostly and proudly straight-to-video all-star cast. Kathy Schauer, Sid Haig, William Smith, Brian Thompson, Russ Tamblin, the great Russ Tamblin, Michelle Bauer, and Elwood's mum. Tane McClure, the amazing woman actor in a top B movie. The woman actor in most top B movies. If you're going to see one, see one with Tane McClure, including Commando Squad. Nope, I'm not here to talk about any of those. I'm here to talk about The Commando, a home invasion, battle of the mind and body starring Michael Jai White, Mickey Rourke, who are both executive producers. How about that? Uh, also in the cast is Jeff Fay, Johnny Nuss III, among others I'll talk about a little bit later. Now, uh, the basic plot involves Johnny, not Johnny Handsome, but Mickey Rourke plays Johnny. He's released after a long stint in the clink. Uh, there's a hidden cachet of money within the walls of a suburban home resided by a PTSD DAA agent. Uh, his wife, his caring wife, is also living there with the two lovely daughters. And Johnny, he basically uh, recruits some mates to go inside the house, grab the money and run with as little fanfare as possible while he waits by the phone. However, nothing goes right and Johnny has to hit up the place himself along with some uh, motorcycle buddies. Thus, this sets up a bloodbath of fighting for survival and safety of family. A ring 
hidden with the cash is also of major importance to Johnny. Okay, so in Australia, this is straight to video and streaming platforms. I have the DVD. There's no extras, unfortunately. But uh, is it any good? Look, it's all right. And we first see Mickey Rourke around the 10-minute mark. He's attacked by some inmates in a jail, but he takes care of all that commotion very, very swiftly. Uh, he smokes a little bit irregularly in this movie, uh, but, you know, he is actually smoking. It's not fake cigarettes like a lot of movies have. Actors smoking now, they're not actually smoking. Some of the clothes he wears in the film are black cowboy hat. That's an old faithful. Uh, blue jeans, tan leather vest, black T-shirt, a big chunky pair of boots. Uh, he wears this cool blue leather jacket, uh, some tan boots, has tassels on it. Quite funny. Uh, there's a picture of Mickey in a newspaper. It's supposed to be a mugshot during a quick scene. And uh, that looks all wrong. I don't think it is actually Mickey Rourke. If it is, it's a very terrible impersonation of him or a, a phot photograph that I've never seen before. I don't know. The costumes are by Roxy Traino. Uh, maybe Mickey Rourke had an influence on the costumer uh, because a lot of the clothes that he wears in this are clothes that I've seen him in many movies before. Similar versions anyway. It appears for some reason that Mickey Rourke has a bandage on his right bicep the whole movie. Maybe, potentially, it's a real injury. It's never explained. is a little uh, sample of Abstraction, the song Mickey Rourke, and it's the Crickor remix. Yeah, it is an instrumental, but it has a little bit of a uh, John Carpenter sort of sound to it. Does not appear in the movie Commando, The Commando, I should say, starring Mickey Rourke and Michael Jai White. However, I uh, thought it was worth mentioning that there is a song called Mickey Rourke, as you just heard then. Now, well... All I can say is there are two moments of genuine happiness worth mentioning in a pair of scenes where Johnny, Mickey's character, is seeing someone, another character, for the first time. He gives out this massive smile and open arms, hugging the character, uh, talking away. I think it's genuine love of the fellow actor. Jeff Fay as the sheriff and John Enos III as Trey. When they first meet... On film here, watch what I mean. They just, Mickey is so glowing. He, it's like he's seeing his friends for real. Maybe he is. He hasn't seen these actors for such a long time and he's just uh, going up to them on camera and reacting how he would to mates, which is great. Jeff Fay and John Enos III, uh, two particular uh, also veteran act actors have been in a lot of uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, Style movies, you name it. All stalwarts or veterans. 
Is this a good movie? I asked a bit earlier. Well, yes, there are a few moments. It's okay. I say that a lot. It's okay. I wish Michael Jai White had directed it, um, but Asif Akbar did. Now, not a bad effort, but clunky. I'm no director, but I can tell when something's clunky. Uh, maybe there were some restraints uh, to his style. I'm not sure. Dialogue in this is wayward and dodgy. The acting from a couple of villains is atrocious. The fighting is terrific. The combat techniques, including a random fight club scene in the latter half, they're very well, or that is very well choreographed. The gunplay is very well choreographed, as you would expect from someone like Michael Jai White. It's just very BC movie grade. Uh, And Mickey, he just can't move that fast anymore. I mean, he's still fit, he's still doing well, but he just can't move that fast anymore. Uh, So his fight's okay. They're okay. There's a stunt double in there somewhere, I think, though. And as with many Mickey Rourke moves, it features a beautiful car. His movies always feature a beautiful car. And in this case, it has on show a yellow Mustang, a very well-looked-after yellow Mustang. You'll know it when you see it on screen. It's beautiful. And I'm not a car person, but Mickey just has a good taste for cars, obviously. Could Mickey have played any other role? Yes, maybe one of the heavies assigned to break into the house or maybe one of the fight club pit fighter group that he recruits. Yes, there is a, there is a fight club style scene in this that just came out of the blue towards the end. But as Johnny, he's good. Uh, he has obvious connection with Michael Jai White when they fight uh, and like the pair consume every scene. They're in together, which is limited but it works. And Mickey with other cast members. Also, you can see Mickey declaring his superiority without declaring it because he's just, well, he's equal, but some of the actors are better than others, but he's opposite. And uh, yeah, it tells. Mickey is still the professional. Mickey always has a presence. Even if there's mumbling or erratic behavior from him, he has a president, a presence, and the commando is no difference. You know, this is a movie that no one's ever probably going to run out to see immediately. If they're a Mickey Rock fan, they already know about it. If not, maybe you're hearing about the movie for the first time now. Co-stars in no particular order or note are Michael Jai White. Keep mentioning him. Accomplished director, uh, comedian, actor. Uh, he's he's just so good. He was in the original Universal Soldier from 1992. He's Black Dynamite. City of Industry was another movie I remember him in from 1997, the same year he was in Spawn. I prefer City of Industry. The Dark Knight. Yeah, Michael was in The Dark Knight with my fellow Australian, the late, great Heath Ledger. He was in a pretty good movie called Triple Threat. He's in... A lot of pretty good movies, including Accident Man with Scott Adkins. He was in, in uh, a Mickey Rock film called Take Back. Uh, a year, I guess, or two earlier than this one. Now, Michael's wife, Gillian, was in Take Back with Mickey Rock. And uh, yeah, there's the connection there. It's a family connection. They're all friends and respected. It's great. Jeff Fay, He's excellent. Love Jeff Fay. 
He was with Mickey Rourke in Skin Traffic, also known as a hitman in London. Jeff Fay, he's the lawnmower man. <laughs> the 1992 Stephen King adapted short story that uh, Stephen King wanted his name completely off the film version. Jeff Fay was in Split Second, 2005. Sussed that out for a very good B-grade sci-fi. He was in Lost, the series Lost and Miami Vice series. I mean, that is a highlight in, on anyone's resume. Sketch Artist. And there was a sequel to The Sketch Artist. 192, 195. Uh, good movies. You can find them. The Sketch Artist. And he came to Australia to do a film called Outback, also known as Wrangler or Minamara. Got to be honest, never heard of it, haven't seen it, didn't know Jeff Fay came to Australia to make an Australian film, but there you go. If I ever get to have a chat to him, I will bring it up and see if he's got any stories from the set and to see how many beers he drank with the locals. John Enos third, an old friend of Mickey Rourke. Uh, John appears in FTW, the 1994 Mickey Rourke film. He also appears in Bullet and Ashby. Yeah, I love Ashby. Go back and have a listen to Ashby. I have already done a Mickey Rock talk on that film. I love it. Johnny Enos III was also in The Rock, 1996, and The Size of Watermelons, also 1996. Mia Terry and Noah Mays, they are the daughters in peril here. Mia Terry as Jennifer, Noah Mays as Natalie. They're newcomers. I don't know who they are. But in particular, Noah, the uh, acting is really spirited. And I like her a lot. She's effective in this. Very good, what she has to do, physically and emotionally. Uh, Gianni Capaldi. Well, maybe he's related to Peter Capaldi, Capaldi of Dangerous Liaisons and Doctor Who. Distant, probably. He's really annoying. This actor... He, he might be a nice bloke in real life. I have no idea, but he's really annoying in this movie as Dominic, the unstable thief and uh, ultimate, you know, bad guy. Really snarling, ultimate, unhinged bad guy. Don't like this guy, Dominic. He was in the Killer Bunny movie too, Rotten Tail. Looking for a uh, movie not to show the kids at Easter? Rotten Tail. Now, diehard fans only for the Commando would I recommend this Mickey Rourke movie. Diehard fans of Mickey Rourke, not diehard fans of the movie Die Hard. Only if you're a fan of violent action and excessive swearing are you going to enjoy this. It's all very, very full on. Most of it unnecessary. He rides a chopper. Mickey on a chopper is always good. He reminds me of the Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man days. But not quite. If I had to pick the, between the two movies, I'd probably go Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Although I'd say Mickey would not agree. And thank you, Michael Jai White, for working with Mickey again. You have a great connection. This movie is a throwaway action with some pretty good moments in it and some, you know, glimpses of good acting all around. Mickey Rock's perfect for the role, and you two work very well together. Well, that's it. 
That's my little chat about the commando. Well, coming up next, a little bit of a better movie, The Pope of Greenwich Village from 1984. Wow. If you haven't seen this movie, press pause, watch it and come back in a couple of hours. You will not be disappointed. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. Charlie Moran is a sharp guy, just one decent break away from the big time. When we leave the city, I'm going to leave as an owner. Do you ever think we don't have to own the restaurant to move to the country, Charlie? You'll never get you on joint like this. Never. His cousin, Paulie, is a good kid whose schemes never seem to pay off. I'm out. I'm on the street. He fired you? No, he fired us. They nailed you on that big check. You know, we could do better. We could do a thousand percent better. Hey. There are a couple of dreamers who believe that together they can turn a life of chance into the chance of a lifetime. I want a piece of a thoroughbred. Paulie, what do you know about horses? Horses can have babies, but artificial inspiration too, man. It's a gene that does a run, and the horse got absolutely nothing to do with it. You listen to that fool, Charlie. I got something big going for me, man. Well, yeah, what? He's an idiot. Money ain't gonna be no problem. Are you in, Charlie, or what? He lives in a fantasy. There's 50 grand we got. Are you crazy? It could be our restaurant. Got five breaths, anybody brings me these thieves. You're not telling me something I want to know. I want that all over the street. I want answers, you talk to me. I ain't holding back nothing. Freeze! Well, there you go. That is a little bit of the trailer of The Pope of Greenwich Village, a classic from 1984. And when I say classic, it is loved by many, many people, not just Mickey Rourke fans. Uh, it is one of the roles that Eric Roberts most, is, most admires of himself. He has told me that himself. He also has been in many other Mickey Rourke movies, and they are good friends. Daryl Hannah has appeared in other Mickey Rourke films. Uh, so they're the three cast members that all had a great connection and bond, obviously, during the making of this film, and which continues to this day right now. Uh, it's an interesting movie, I've got to say. Um, I'd never seen it in its entirety until now, uh, when I rewatched it for this podcast. And it's a perfect time to discuss... Why is it a perfect time to discuss the Pope of Greenwich Village, Village of 1984? Well, why not? The cast is just, well, it's one of those ones, if you know your 80s movies, you're going to really, really gravitate to. And it is one of the final films directed by Stuart Rosenberg, the maestro who helmed, he helmed these classics. And I mean classics. All of them, even though the last one, I'll highlight. Cool Hand Luke from 1967, Love and Bullets starring Charles Bronson out of 1979, Voyage of the Damned, which uh, came out in 1976 and had Faye Dunaway in the cast and she went on to star with Mickey Rourke, obviously in one of the greats, Firefly. Stuart Rosenberg made the film Amityville Horror based on the true story of the Amateurville Horror. <laughs> and let's get Harry from 1986. I have a feeling that Alan Smitty directed that slash Stuart Rosenberg. However, it's pretty good. It was in the midst of these war movies, these Vietnam-style uh, films that were coming out at the time. 
and uh, I don't think it did very well, and I don't think uh, production was a good one, but uh, Stuart Rosenberg, from memory, became Alan Smithy and did not want to be associated with that film. However, I liked it. It's pretty good, and it's an 80s movie. Now, I have no idea why I never bothered to watch The Pope of Greenwich Village. I had plenty of incentives. The VHS and the DVD, they're both in my collection. I'd always known how much Eric Roberts thought this role was one of his most memorable. He has done a thousand memorable roles, of course. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the greats, Mr. Eric Roberts. Um, it was a movie that multiple, multiple people basically recommended to me over the years, especially when you bring up Mickey Rourke. The Pope of Greenwich Village was always on the tips of many lips. So here we are. What a choice. It is a captivating movie. The Pope of Greenwich Village. You first see Mickey in silhouette uh, during the opening credits. Uh, he has scored second billing to Eric Roberts in this. Eric plays Paulie and Mickey plays Charlie. You see Charlie in the silhouette dancing and shaving. Dancing while you shave. That's an interesting concept. Uh, he's getting dressed up. He has a packet of Marlboro cigarettes on the side table, which he has one in his mouth, already sparked up within two minutes. The basic plot line of this movie has two cousins, very close cousins, but opposites in many ways. They are part of a robbery, which is supposed to be a quick in-and-out, get-rich scheme, aren't they all? But not everything goes to plan, of course, when they steal from a prominent mob boss. Paulie, Eric Roberts, he's an idiot. Absolute idiot, as you may have got the uh, drift from that little clip of the trailer. He always gets himself and Cousin Charlie in big trouble. We follow the adventures of these two, sometimes funny, sometimes harsh and dramatic, uh, in this space of about two hours. The environment caused by Paulie towards Charlie is often unsettling, so be warned. They're close, but Paulie creates havoc for Charlie. Clothes that Mickey wears in this film is licorice all sorts. Let me tell you, there's a bit of everything. His costumes are extreme, from bristling sharpness, as I said, in a suit, to other things that he's wearing. Uh, listen to me. I think that the guy who did the suits, Joseph G. Alusi, he puts him in some nice attire, brown and grey. Uh, there's even a grey with a speckled suit, some black T-shirts and white singlets. Uh, now, unfortunately, there is a white shirt and a yellow scarf combination that I thought was quite unusual. Mickey does the uh, suit jacket with singlet underneath thing. It's a classic rock look. Uh, he wears a black leather jacket. He's got shiny shoes on quite often. Uh, wears gold chain and a medallion. You know, none of this is any anything uh, alarming. But the white shirt and yellow scarf combination, you've got to see it to really appreciate how... 80s it is, maybe? I don't know. But at one horrendous point after Charlie has had a shower, everything just takes the cake. Mickey walks around, hair flat, long and flat and wet, wearing a shirt that scorched my eyeballs. The loose-fitting, multicoloured patch quilt shirt is a T-shirt. It's worse than uh, 
like this polo shirt that he wears in the film. You've got to see this multicolored patch quilt shirt that he wears. Unbelievable. I think anyone who sees this movie remembers it. Unfortunately, probably more than other things in the movie. I doubt those items, though, were from uh, Mickey's personal collection. It's actually the worst shirt I've ever seen him wear. And I take note of all the costumes and clothes that Mickey wears in his films. A special mention goes out to Daryl Hannah. Besides her luxurious, fluffy blonde hair, she wears some amazing leg warmers, looking like a flash dance star, of course. Any excuse to uh, name drop flash dance? And that's what leg warmers. They sold a lot of leg warmers when flash dance was released in 1983. The movie was only out a year earlier than this. So, obviously, Daryl was wearing leg warmers. Why not? Daryl was in white a lot too. Perfect in every way imaginable. Imaginable. Is Mickey any good in this role? It's all energy and effort. Mickey has some multiple moments of clarity. It's a top-notch character. He has great dialogue. Endlessly great dialogue. Looks good. Very good-looking man in this. Uh, The pizzazz is complete perfection as Charlie. Could he have swapped roles with Eric? Well, that is a question posed by many. It's a ridiculous question, but I have to ask myself, could he? And I think in no uncertain terms that at the time, Mickey Rourke, the young, young actor he was, he could have pretty much done anything. So yes, he could have switched roles. It would have been different, but Mickey as Paulie would have been equally as frustrating and spot on. That said, Eric Roberts is brilliant, hands down, and I'm very surprised an Oscar nomination didn't come his way for this film. There's a certain scene where Paulie is uh, preparing a massive stacked sandwich, all the while doing a monologue. Then he begins to eat it while still talking. Could Mickey have done that? Maybe. But Eric nailed it. The monologue sandwich scene. Take note. The whole movie revolves around the monologue sandwich scene. You'll see what I mean when you watch it. And you might even get a little bit hungry for something to eat. There's a little bit of Heartaches by Ted Weens and his orchestra, a song, well, instrumental, that features in the movie The Pope of Greenwich Village. Well, congratulations to the casting by Bonnie Timmerman. She also casted the movies starring Mickey Rourke, Man on Fire, from 2004, and Johnny Handsome, from 1989, to... Splendid films. Fellow cast of the Pope and Greenwich Village alongside Mickey Rourke include Star 80, the man himself, Eric Roberts as Paulie. He was also in The Expendables. And too many movies to name, but he did appear with Mickey Rourke in Spun, uh, Skin Traffic, which is also known as a hitman in New York, Night Walk, 
film from 2019 that's very interesting and I'll be talking about in a future episode of Mickey Rock Talk. Daryl Hannah as Diane. Oh, boy. I like Diane. I mean, Diane's a great name. Reminds me of uh, Twin Peaks. But Daryl Hannah I like very much. Splash, 1984. I hope you've got a, a VHS or a DVD copy of Splash because on Disney Plus, it is modified. Yes. Look it up. You'll find out what I'm talking about. Daryl Hannah was in Summer Lovers with old Caterpillar Eyes. Peter Gallagher. Summer Lovers is a terrific movie from 1982 with an awesome soundtrack. Clan of the Cave Bear, one of the all-time greats, especially if you have a clamshell VHS copy of Clan of the Cave Bear. Hang on to it. They're very rare. It's a 1986 uh, movie about cavemen, cave girls. Yeah. Same year as Legal Eagles, 1986, as Clan of the Cave Bear. Two terrific movies starring Daryl Hannah. Kill Bill 1 and 2, of course, Daryl Hannah appeared in. She's been in so many great films. I like her a lot. M. Emmett Walsh appeared with Mickey Rourke. Well, not with Mickey, but in the Mickey Rourke film, White Sands from 1992. That I have gone on the record as saying is one of my all-time favourite Mickey Rourke films, White Sands. And you can hear what I exactly think about it and an interview with uh, Roger Donaldson, the director, in an earlier episode of Mickey Rock Talk. M. Emmett Walsh, what a veteran and brilliant man he is. Blade Runner, Raising Arizona, Wildcats, Serpico, Fletch. M. Emmett Walsh, you'll know him and you'll know his voice. He's, he's just so good. Geraldine Page. She plays Mrs. Watts. She got an Oscar nomination for this movie. And for the very short period she's in the film, I agree. Wow. Impressive. She's actually an eight-time nominee of Oscars and won one. A couple of other movies that Geraldine Page has been in. And all three of these, I want you to go out and watch immediately when you have time. And if you can find them, because a couple of these are very rare. Geraldine Page... In The Bride with Jennifer Beals, Flashdance, and Sting. The Bride. Another take on Frankenstein, but wow, very 80s, very different, very Sting. Day of the Locust and A Trip to Bountiful, two more Geraldine Page movies I implore you to seek out. Who else is in this movie? Well, Burt Young. Of course, Burt Young is Paulie. In the Rocky movies, not Paulie in the Pope of Greenwich Village. He plays Bedbug in this. Burt Young was also in Adventures of Pluto Nash. Notoriously one of Eddie Murphy's worst movies. Not in my opinion, but in general opinion. I remember when it came out in Australia in cinemas. I saw it. There was no one else in the cinema. And the movie disappeared after six days. Other than the Rocky legacy, of course, Burt Young was also in Back to School. What a movie starring Robert Downey Jr. and Rodney Dangerfield. Sally Kellerman, Burt Young in Back to School. Very funny. He was alongside Eric Roberts in Blood Red, which also had Eric's sister, Julia Roberts, in it. Never seen Blood Red. 
There's a little blight on my movie-going challenge. Blood Red, 1989. I'll have to suss that out. But Burt Young was in that. Kenneth McMillan. He plays Barney the Safe Cracker. And Jack Keogh, he's the undercover cop in this. A couple of uh, 70s actors you'll know when you see them. A few 80s movies too. Now to finish up about the Pope of Greenwich Village, let me share some uh, fun fact observations by me. The highlight, or one of the highlights, is there are a lot of authentic New York locations. Uh, there's a real, like, there's a real feel of the streets. There's real traffic going by. Uh, there's crowds milling about and walking past while the cameras are rolling. Probably unaware there's even a movie being filmed. There's a scene where Charlie and Diane dance in the street. I like any good spontaneous dance scene. I really do. They're on a date. But in the background, there are break dancers doing their thing, doing their 80s thing. Yeah, break dancers. I would say not set up. They were actually there in the streets performing, having fun, as break dancers did in the 80s. Beat Street, of course. Diane is taken to the Iron Forge Inn for a romantic getaway by Charlie. Yeah, a romantic moment between Mickey Rourke and Daryl Hannah, which completely works. There's some serious moments committed by two amazing leads in this. I can't enthuse enough how professional the acting is here. Wow. Between Mickey and Eric. Mickey smokes a lot. That's no surprise. Uh, he, he actually, he blows smoke towards two people in two different scenes. Must have been awful for his co-stars. Well, the ones that didn't smoke anyway. Uh, Mickey is a dad in the movie. Now, that's a rarity. Uh, it's over an hour before you see M. Emmett Walsh, which I was expecting to see him a lot earlier. I spotted a parked Volvo Turbo parked in the street. Now, that's a classic car. I like uh, talking about cars in Mickey, Ro Mickey Rourke movies because uh, often Mickey uh, asks for certain cars to be in movies. And I don't know if he asked for this Volvo Turbo, but uh, it's a rarity. And I thought I'd mention it because it was just parked there. It's probably someone's car. Like I said, I have a feeling that some of the permits or some of the filming on locations was done on the run. Maybe I'm wrong. The watch Charlie wears is way too skinny. It has this uh, rectangle face and a real skinny band around his wrist. Not great. I wouldn't wear it. Vincent Patrick, he wrote the screenplay based on his novel. Well done. Haven't read the novel, but the screenplay is effective and it's like a highlighter all the way through. Stands out. Really good dialogue. Another outstanding Mickey Rourke acting moment is when he is in rage, and I mean pure rage, after being put into another dangerous, life-threatening predicament. Knowing that he was now a target by the mob, he goes ballistic. And what a scene. And it's Mickey at his best. This is the Mickey Rourke that got him known as a young Marlon Brando. And I'm not going to say, say he is or he isn't. That was, at the time, what he was being described as. 
Eric and Mickey often walk arm in arm down the street. Another sign of true friends on and off camera. The Sinatra song, Frank Sinatra song is overplayed. The music in general is not fantastic. It's of the era. Well, it's not really of the era. There's no 80s in it. In there. It's just like swing music, which maybe that's not my thing. New York looks grimy. It really does. Like I said, it's authentic. They go to the races. It's a good scene, actually, at the racetrack. The location is Monmouth Park. hope I'm saying that right. It was a racetrack that also featured in a underrated comedy, The Bounty Hunter, starring Jennifer Aniston and Gerard Butler out of 2010. I remember that racetrack scene too, and I think I've only seen the movie once. It appears in, years before, The Pope of Greenwich Village. Did I mention Daryl Hannah in Leg Warmers? Well, yes, of course I did. I'm going to mention it again. She is wild. She stretches in front of the mirror. She's doing exercises, as you did in the 80s. Aerobics was a thing. She starts boxing Mickey. And, like, Mickey's a boxer. Just a few years earlier and later, he did it for real. <laughs> and Daryl boxes him. thought that's quite funny. She hits Mickey and he looks genuinely surprised with one of the hits. I love how Mickey Rourke has natural reactions to so many different things in many of his movies. The acting in the scene where Paulie has a thumb cut off is Oscar worthy by both fellows. Charlie comes to his aid. Paulie is in distress. My God, what a scene. Again, full of really emotional moments. Charlie calls himself the Pope of Greenwich Village. It's a huge line of dialogue in the highly dramatic finale. Do I recommend this movie? I certainly do. It's not talked about much. A surprise, really. Pacino and De Niro, that's Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, were the first actors sought after the leads. Did they dodge a bullet? Would it, would it be a bigger hit? I don't know. It wouldn't have hurt their career. I don't think they have dodged a bullet. Thankfully, Roberts and Rourke did the honours. They really did. They did the honours all right, because this is a excellent little crime retro gem. It's a must-see, and uh, not that easy to find. It is streaming. Well, in Australia, it was. I have a couple of copies of it on hand in my collection. I highly recommend it. The Pope of Greenwich Village. Step back in time. It's an 80s movie that doesn't get talked about a lot, but really should. And not quite in my top 10 Mickey Rock films of all time, but as performances go, it is one of his most interesting, broad, and the connection between he and Eric Roberts for the first time in a career that has had many, many co-starring roles with each other. Still one of the best. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for joining me on a Mickey Rourke Talk. Until next time, long live Mickey Rourke. My name is Shane A. Bassett, movie analyst. You can find me on social media at movie underscore analyst. 
email me, shaneadambassett at gmail.com if you've got a question or a request or whatever. But I assure you, over time, don't know how quick I'll be, but I will be covering as many and all of Mickey Rourke's movies I can find of all eras. Coming up soon will be Spun, also starring Eric Roberts, and it will feature a bit of a clip of an audio interview I did with Eric, and we talked about the movie Spun and Mickey Rourke in general. So look out for an upcoming episode featuring Spun on Mickey Rourke Talk. Thanks very much for joining me, and bye for now. And don't forget, the first movie that I spoke about on this edition of Mickey Rourke Talk, The Commando. If you like action, it's worth your time, just for a lazy 90 minutes. Enjoy. But The Pope of Greenwich Village, that is the must-see of the day. Enjoy.